your Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Hello, welcome to the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. You can follow me on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy. Follow Cammy at Cammy and G, or you can follow the show at Locked On Horns on Twitter. Easiest way to get a hold of us. Uh, questions, comments, concerns? Just want to remind you, this episode of the Locked On Longhorns podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. You want to get healthy? Eat healthy, eat right. Head on over to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On. They're going to give you $10 off. Cammy, it's game week. We are now just over 72 hours away from the kickoff. Texas, UTEP. It's finally here. Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty pumped uh, that we're actually getting some football and, and getting some Power 5 conference football. Oh, me too. And... Uh, I don't know. I feel like Sam Ellinger in a way because he's been uh, mentioning all this week that he's kind of has his finger crossed still, still because um, you know how quickly this could take a turn for the worse as we've seen some of the other games be postponed. So um, we're pretty much close enough and Texas has handled um, this COVID situation very well, in my opinion, and they haven't had any positive tests. So let's hope that remains the case. Yeah, let's hope that it remains the case. And, yeah, Sam Ellinger, obviously, he spoke with the media on Tuesday, uh, kind of discussing some of the the things that, you know, things around the team, you know. So, and, and you know, he brought up the fact that, that he's got his fingers crossed. Uh, you know, he you know he even said in, in a quote uh, that I'll give you here, he says, uh, I still got my fingers crossed uh, that we get to Saturday. Know how quickly things could pop up, so I guess that's a little shaky there. We're just very grateful to get to play Saturday. Everything feels pretty normal from a football standpoint, and we're just excited to get back out there and play someone else other than ourselves. I think that's the important part. Play somebody else. I think they're tired of playing each other. They've been going at it for the last two months. Uh, They're ready to play against another football team. Yeah, I completely agree. And I mean, he's just viewing the situation realistically, in my opinion, while keeping some optimism there. But um, I'm hoping the other cases were kind of just one off. I know one was uh, one of the postponements were kind of centered around Hurricane Laura and their evacuations and things like that. So um, let's hope that was the only cause of that and that uh, the rest of the teams are able to, I guess, continue as scheduled. But, yeah, I'm really excited for this matchup. I know Texas is a heavy favorite, but um, it also gives you time. It's almost like um, a spring, the spring game that they didn't get to have. So uh, they'll be able to play a lot of their depth players and young players and uh, kind of finalize some position battles through there. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. If you had to point out two players that you thought had a great camp, according to quarterback Sam Ellinger, who do you think that was? Ooh, I, I didn't even see this one. So are you talking offense and defense, or are they both on offense? Uh, Well, he said two offensive players. Who, who okay, I would say um, great camps. Ooh, I would say Jake Smith, just because I've heard a lot of positive things about him on offense. Um, and one of the running backs, I'll say either Roshan or Bijan. Oh, you're half right. He did say Jake. He said okay. Jake had a really good camp. He also said Tariq Black has had a really good camp. Um, you know, so I, you know, I thought that was uh, interesting that he pointed out those two guys, obviously, uh, when Tom Herman has spoke to the media, he's been, uh, I'm not going to say pessimistic, but he knows that there are cause for concern at the wide receiver position. So it's nice to hear that your guy who playing in the slot, the slot position is one of a lot of production in the last several years. Obviously, when you talk about little Jordan Humphrey, uh, Devin DuVernay, uh, so Jake Smith's the next guy. Right. He's the next guy who's going to take over there. So that's important. And then Tariq Black, who 
I don't think many people expected him to come in right away and kind of seize hold of that starting position at the wide receiver uh, spot out, out on the outside playing the X. Yeah, I agree with you. And even when I guess he committed uh, to Texas as a graduate transfer, everyone knew uh, that he could compete for playing time right away. But I don't think anyone expected him to come in uh, this quickly and impress the coaching staff so much to technically be considered a starter and uh, surpass Brennan Eagles on the depth chart. But um, I mean, obviously, that's a positive sign. You want to bring in the most competition you can. And he has experience over there in Michigan at a big program, although he dealt with some injuries. So I think at such an inexperienced and young group, that was a significant addition for him, for them, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it was a significant add to their to the roster to bring him in. And, and you know, one thing that Tom Herman has been uh, kind of a proponent for us. He he's not a fan of bad practice players, right? Uh, if you talk about Armani Foreman several years ago, uh, you know he had all the talent in the world. It's just for whatever reason on the practice field it didn't translate. And and so when you have a player like that, and I'm not speculating or anything of that nature. I'm I'm thinking of reasons why uh, Brennan Eagles got passed up. Obviously, Tariq Black, he's come in and he's done all the right things. And that was uh, one of the things that Sam Ellinger talked about. He said he came in, he's really taken ownership and learning the offense. He goes, he comes in every single day with a great mindset. Uh, you know, maybe it's that drive that kind of pushed him above Brennan Eagles, but it makes me wonder if what's going on in practice is, is kind of yeah. uh, why Brennan Eagles is kind of sliding back down. Yeah, it has to be because, I mean, you know the hype surrounding Brennan Eagles prior to fall camp. Um, everyone was expecting him to be uh, one of the, I guess, leading players on that Texas offense this upcoming season and uh, kind of take over, uh, I guess, the lack of production uh, that was left behind when Colin Johnson and Devin DuVernay left. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think Tom Herman's kind of uh, favoring those all-in type of players. And I think leadership – um, and how they lead a group like that uh, is a big indicator for him as well. And I think Tariq Black is obviously um, one of the most experienced leaders in that room. And he probably just came in and took complete control and obviously is practicing really, really well and giving it his all. So um, it's obviously deserving. It's just shocking to see. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing and the thing that I'm probably looking forward to most is with the offense. And uh, they were talking with Caden Stearns yesterday. And he said, I didn't realize the offense could go that fast. You know, so they're talking about moving facts, the tempo. Tom Herman has talked about the tempo several times. And I thought it was interesting yesterday when Ellinger was talking with the media and they asked him about these new route concepts and the new scheme. And Sam Ellinger used one word that really got me excited. He said, these, he said this scheme and these concepts are elite. Ooh. So, you know, it, it kind of gets you hyped up about, okay, so what mm – -hmm. What difference are we going to see with the offense this year? What difference are we going to see with the route concepts, with with how they attack teams, and you know they, and then obviously it's not just the passing game; it's the running game. And and Elder he even talked about the running backs and, and everything. So it gets you excited. I'm excited for it. I'm ready to see what this product looks like, even if it's just for a half against UTEP. Because I think we all know. If you look at the line, the line's 42 and a half right now, according to BetMGM. So probably not going to see a whole lot of the starters. Mm -hmm. in this game. 
Yeah, probably not. But um, on the flip side as well, uh, to the point you were making is they're probably not going to show too much against UTEP either. So I don't think we're going to fully get to see what that offense is capable of until Texas Tech, um, at least with the starters. But um, yeah, I think one of the most interesting things that Yersich said, I guess, in one of his first interviews when he accepted this offensive coordinator job at Texas, he said something about uh, adapting and uh, being versatile enough to get his best playmakers on the field um, as often as possible. And obviously, uh, we all remember when he said he wants to put up at least 45 points a game. So you kind of knew he was going to have that aggressive mindset, which I think Texas uh, was lacking in the past. And so um, I'm really excited to watch it. I know Ellinger is uh, happy with how the camp has gone so far in terms of your search and how hard he's been coaching Ellinger, especially um, as a fourth year senior. So I thought that was significant as well that he just kind of uh, came in and coached everyone the, the same pretty much. So I'm looking forward to it. So let's talk about those bet MGM odds. They got early odds already out on Texas OU. Uh, just a quick note, Texas right now is a two and a half point underdog. Uh, obviously a lot's going to change in the next month because we're about a month away from the Red River rivalry. Uh, but I thought it was interesting that they already put out the line and it, it's starting out at Texas plus two and a half. Yeah, I'm not too, too shocked at that. Like you mentioned, it's going to probably fluctuate uh, a few times heading up to that game, depending on um, how both of those teams look um, in their first few games prior to that. But uh, like, like everyone mentions, it's a 50-50 game, so I don't think it matters who's favored. It really doesn't. All right, but let's, uh, let's talk about our friends over at Bill Bar. You know, Bill Bar has really changed the way that we try to stay healthy. You know, 100 calories, lots of protein, low sugar, low carbs. You know, you got to watch the the carbs. And during the pandemic, the you don't want to gain the pandemic 30, the pandemic 20. Uh, you know, so so what do you do? You go over to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. They're giving you $10 off. You can get one of their boxes already put together or make your own. Uh, 18 different bars. I mean, you got to try them all, right? And the great thing is all 100% chocolate. You got to love the chocolate. So head on over, BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Make sure you tell them LOCKEDON Longhorn sent you. Tammy, you know how you know when football is real? How? When the Texas Longhorns release their two deep depth chart. Oh my gosh, I was actually excited because they kind of gave no warning as to when that was going to pop up. And um, I remember just sitting there at dinner actually and seeing uh, Anwar Richardson kind of release that first official one. And I immediately clicked on it and um, it kind of went along the lines of what the, the unofficial and prediction predictions of the depth chart have been though. So I don't think there was any glaring surprises. Not any glaring surprise. I mean, I think the one thing is we kind of heard from, uh, you know, 24-7 was talking about the running back position, and they had Roshan at number one. But obviously when the official two deep came out, uh, they're going with Keontae Ingram at the starter, which. Yeah, I I don't know. I I guess, uh, like Herman said, it doesn't make a difference which one of those three actually jogs out there on the first play. And uh, I think we've always kind of viewed Ingram as a penciled-in starter. He's obviously the most uh, productive and experienced back in that room. But um, he obviously has those injury concerns as well. And Roshan and Bijan both actually have had a very impressive fall camp from what we've heard. So I'm still not sure Ingram is your starter going forward. uh, But I can understand where they're coming from for this first initial depth chart, at least. Yeah, and then you have the wide receivers. Tariq Black, Jake Smith, Joshua Moore. No shock. Not at all. 
Uh, we we kind of felt that way. Uh, Jordan Winnington obviously is the number two receiver listed at the H or slot, whatever you want to call it. And uh, but I think he's going to get on the field a good amount, especially in his first game. You know, he's been out of football since the last kickoff of mm-hmm. last year against Louisiana Tech. So, you know, I think uh, you know he's excited to get out there and and get reacclimated. Uh, I'm just going to run through it real quick the rest of the offense. Cade Brewers, your number one tight end, no shock. Uh, they got Jared Wiley at number two over Malcolm Epps. I, that was a little shocking to me because Epps is more of the established receiver. Uh, Cosme, Angelau, Derek Kerstetter. The right guard is Denzel Okafor and right tackle Christian Jones. Um, Isaiah Hookfin was a guy that was expected to be in play at right guard, but obviously he's not uh, back from injury yet. So, uh, so that, that's one thing that you kind of got to watch out for. We could see some rotation in the offensive line in the coming weeks. Yeah, I agree. And uh, Herman actually, and surprisingly, came out and said that he feels very confident in the talent um, and versatility that they have in the guys on the offensive line. So I I think they're probably going to do a little bit of shuffling around as the season progresses. Obviously, um, not Kirk's that are Cosme or anything like that. But I think on the right side, you'll see them shuffling around a bit. Uh, But yeah, Herman's comfortable with the talent. So I think that's a good sign. All right. Let's let's talk about the defense real quick. We got... uh... Defensive end, Moro Ojomo. Uh, he's, mm-hmm. he's your starter at defensive end. Defensive tackles uh, is going to be Taquan Graham, and his backup is Alfred Collins. And, and you think about it, you know it says defensive tackle. Uh, it's kind of like a 3-4 in times that if Joseph Asai, who's your jack, is going to be pass rushing, your outside guy is going to be either Taquan Graham Alfred Collins. Uh, right. your, your nose tackle, Keandre Coburn, no shock there. Tavondre Sweat behind him. Uh, at the jack position, former tight end Reese Latow is actually your backup. And behind him, uh, they have Jet Bush, uh, who just recently found out that he got put on scholarship. If you haven't seen that video, go to uh. longhornswire.usatoday.com. You look at our morning rush for the Big 12. Uh, Kami, did you watch that video? Yes, I was just going to say it was definitely a tearjerker. I love how they involved uh, his family. In particular, his dad was the one who kind of told him he was put on scholarship. But uh, every year they uh, kind of release a video like that to put someone on scholarship and surprise them. And Jeff Bush was a preferred walk-on. But like we mentioned earlier on in this episode, Herman loves those guys who give it their all every single practice. And so it clearly, the way they were explaining Bush, uh, that's the kind of player he is. So it's definitely significant that he's back up at the jack position this year. Yeah, it's it's significant. I thought, you know, like you said, uh, I watched the video and I swear somebody was cutting onions uh, <laughs> nearby. It was it was difficult to watch, too, because like his dad, as he's trying to explain it, is tearing up, you know. Right. Uh, you know, so but but it was great. Uh, so he he's going to be your it looks like your third backup or second backup, I should say, at the jack position. Uh, at the Mike linebacker, we got Jawan Mitchell, Odele, Odeye. Don't know how you say his name. I'm just gonna butcher. We're gonna call him <laughs> AA. He's actually listed as the third backup behind, behind Court Jaquez um, and Jawan yeah. Mitchell at middle. Uh, Demarvin Overshone switching to the number zero. Didn't see that one coming. Switching positions and numbers. That's yeah, he did. Uh, weak side linebacker, uh, and then you got David Gabenga behind him and Jalen Ford's kind of been a guy who's who's kind of coming along. Uh, he's a true freshman. Uh, and then we have Deshaun Jameson, Chris Brown, Caden Stearns, Josh Thompson, and Chris Adamora, who are going to mm-hmm. round out 
your secondary. Um, that so that was that was one I was looking forward to seeing, kind of how the secondary played out outside of uh, the safety position with Kading Stearns. But um, obviously, Jamison beat out Jalen Green. Um, I was a little shocked to see Chris Brown beat out uh, B.J. Foster um, at strong safety, but obviously he's had a good camp as well. And then um, I, I expected Kenyatta Watson and Josh Thompson to kind of battle it out through this fall camp for um, a starting role at cornerback, but um, I'm sure they're going to kind of uh, shuffle that group around a little bit as the season progresses too. And they're, they're always decimated by injuries somehow each season. So I'm glad they have such good depth at that. Uh, position for sure. Here's one of the bigger surprises to me. They actually put B. John Robinson at kickoff ahead of Jordan Whittington, but behind Deshaun Jameson. So your two kick returners are going to likely be B. John and Deshaun. Mm-hmm. I like that. I uh, mean, you got to find a, you have to find a way to get B. John on the field as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think you have to find ways to get him, uh, get the ball in his hands. Whether that's you know lining him up out wide at wide receiver. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, maybe in the slot, kind of, I guess, similar to what they could do with Jordan Whittington because Jordan can do both. He can play running back. He can he can play that hybrid role, um, you know, and, that, and that's something that I know Mike Yersich has talked about, you know, being multiple in, in offenses and, and the, the way that they play. So, you know, I thought those were interesting. Uh, you know what else I, I just realized? Don't mm-hmm. mean to cut you off, but aren't uh, Jamison and Bijan wearing the same number and they're both listed as the kick, return, kick returners? That's uh, that is interesting. Huh. They can't be on they'll the have field. to figure that. They'll have to figure that part out. Uh, they can't be on the field at the same time, so I don't know how that's going to work. Hmm. Yeah, they'll have to flip flop. I guess who knows? Uh, ah, yeah, we'll 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 see how it works. Yeah, they may do it like you know alternate, but I think you know in in the upcoming game if they can get if they get more than one kickoff, maybe Deshaun one one time, and the next time they let Bijan go out there. And do, I don't I don't know how they're going to work that out, but that's how it was listed on the depth chart. Uh, Kimmy, did you watch over the weekend? Did you watch College Game Day? Um, no, but I saw the, uh, I guess, highlights of what some of the analysts were saying on Twitter. So that's kind of how I keep up with it these days. Uh, well, Kirk Herbstreit has picked Texas to be in the college football playoff, and he's not the only one. Uh, there was another ESPN analyst who actually came out and said the same thing. So are you buying Texas in the college football playoff? Uh, It's hard for me to, I guess, put um, a lot of weight into a prediction like that, but I think it's certainly realistic. I think um, if they can get past Oklahoma early on in the season, I think they're uh, obviously the favorite to win that Big 12 title. And, I mean, if you look at the talent, what we've just discussed on offense, I think um, they're completely capable of not only making it to the college football playoffs, but actually winning a game or two there. So uh, I don't know if I would be in a national championship. I know that's what I believe in. I think they have the talent uh, to play against teams like that, like the Clemson's, the Alabama's, the Georgia's, et cetera. But um, I don't know if I would, I don't know. I guess I'm 50, 50 on whether it's going to be Oklahoma or uh, Texas to win the big 12 title. And obviously that's going to matter. So they just have to hope they're consistent this season and not, uh, have any of those slip-up games like a Kansas or a TCU um, or even a Kansas State or Iowa State. They can't afford to lose any of those games. So that's what worries me most. But I think if they're consistent uh, throughout the Big 12 conference play, then, uh, yeah, they can definitely succeed in the college football playoffs. Yeah, that was something that Chip Patterson at uh, CBS Sports had said. You know, he, he wasn't even talking about Texas being back. He goes, I need Texas to go forward. I need them to stop losing these games that they shouldn't lose, like a, like a Kansas. 
There's no reason why Kansas should be within four touchdowns of Texas. Mm -hmm. That's what's so weird to me is because they can play against the best competition. We've seen that, but they also struggle against some of the weaker competition. So, um, yes, they're capable of making the playoffs and uh, doing well at that, but uh, will they get past those teams? Like I mentioned, TCU, Baylor's, Iowa State's. Yeah, that worries me. Yeah. Speaking of Baylor, we're going to talk about Baylor coming up after this. So, Cammy, going into the season, we knew there were going to be disruptions. We knew that right. there was going to be um, delays. Mm-hmm. Well, we knew about SMU and TCU has been postponed. And then you can add two more Big 12 games to that. Uh, most recently, we have the uh, Baylor-Louisiana Tech game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has been postponed. And I, I guess there was a... A, kind of an outbreak of COVID-19 because of the hurricane and everything right. went on and unable to socially distance and take care of themselves properly. So they had a spike, 39 cases. So that game has been postponed. We don't know. Uh, the other game that was postponed was Tulsa and Oklahoma State's game. Uh, again, it, it's not the Big 12 that's that's having the problem here. Um Oklahoma State was fine, but Tulsa had an outbreak. Uh, and, and so that game was delayed. But Big 12 has announced uh, as of this morning, Oklahoma State versus Tulsa has been moved to next Saturday, kickoff at 11 a.m. You can watch that game on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think this goes back to what we were talking about in the first segment with Sam Ellinger. You know, we're hopeful. We have our fingers crossed that we're going to get to Saturday. We're going to get to Saturday night and we're going to get to play this football game. Right. Yeah, I think that's how people are going to view every single week throughout the season. Oddly, as odd as that sound, I mean, you just don't know if you're going to play each week or not, or you don't know uh, necessarily who you're going to be playing against just in terms of uh, whether they have a couple key players. Uh, obviously, that test positive and can't play and their team decides to play. You just never know what's going to happen, but um, they're going to have to be very flexible with the schedule. Um, I'm glad they left a couple of weeks open in case that happens. But uh, it sounds sounds good so far that Texas will be able to play this weekend. I just I'm excited after hearing what you were mentioning to get into conference play because I sound like it'll be a little bit more structured. And it sounds like the Big 12 teams are uh, at least most of them aside from TC are handling it uh, very well so far. So I think there's a good chance we'll be able to get through this. Yeah, there, there's a good chance. You also uh, you have these these players who are opting out. Uh, you know, the latest, uh, Jamar Chase from LSU, uh, arguably the number one offensive tackle, top five NFL draft pick in 2021 NFL Oh, wide receiver, yeah. He's an uh, offensive tackle. <laughs> no, Panay Oh, uh, I, th- I thought you were talking about Jamar Chase still. Oh, no, Jamar Chase, wide receiver, fantastic player. Uh, a lot of people think he's top 10, but but when you talk about Panay Sewell, people are like, that guy, mm-hmm. top five. I mean, consensus. I mean, everybody thinks he's the best offensive tackle. And then you bring up Samuel Cosme. Could he, you know, and I brought this up when I talked to Dane Brugler several weeks back. I said, could Cosme be a guy that would opt out? And he's like, you know, it's, it's, he goes, it's hard to predict. You know, that's a, that's a personal decision. Well, the media has asked Sam Cosme any thoughts about the NFL draft. And he's like, I ain't had no thoughts on opting out. He goes, I'm all in. I'm here to play football. I and love that's that. Good news because, well, I say it's good news because that's the blindside protector of Sam Ellinger. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy that I think you need, now, unless you ask former Texas Longhorns 
offensive lineman, Donald Hawkins. Yes, Hawk. He's got a guy on this roster who he thinks can step in and start by the end of the year. I know. I saw that. And that was definitely one of the, um, I guess, one of the tweets that caught my attention throughout this in, entire past week, because that was, if, if he's correct on this player, that was um, a big steal in that recruiting class for Tom Herman. So, um, it, I, and we've actually seen Herman, like I mentioned earlier on, talk about how um, solid the depth is at that position where he's comfortable with several different guys. So uh, maybe that's what he was hinting at. Yeah, I mean, Andre Carrick is uh, hes expected to be the next offensive tackle uh, behind right. Cosme. So if Cosme had opted out, he would probably get the first look. Uh, but the fact he's saying that by the end of the year, that makes me think, are they going to move him to right tackle like they did Cosme that first year? Like, are you going to play right tackle? And then when it's your turn to take over left tackle, because Connor Williams left, right? you know, is it going to be that same situation where they went from Connor Williams to Sam Cosme? Uh, to Andre Carrick, you know, or is it just mm-hmm. that it's that succession? Uh, but in talking about Sam Cosme, we're going to do a little mock draft roundup. Uh, in the recent mock drafts, we looked at the draft network, the draft wire, and uh, Matt Miller from Bleacher Report. And two of the three have Samuel Cosme going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the reason why that's interesting it's because the Pittsburgh Steelers general manager had something to say this this past week. Oh, yeah? What did he say? That he – they were looking at drafting a player who's actually playing this season mm-hmm. over someone who's not. So not only is Cosme going to be held in a higher regard because of being the number two or three rated offensive tackle behind Sewell, depending on who you listen mm-hmm. to. The fact is that he's playing. Pittsburgh's going to look at him – uh, in a higher regard than maybe another offensive tackle who played at a school who's not playing this fall. Right. I think it's, I think it kind of goes without saying uh, for most people that they love that competitive nature. They want uh, players who are ready to get out there and compete or want to get out there and compete. And I think unless your talent is just off of the charts, I think most people need to be out there playing uh, to help solidify their case or their draft stock or whatever you want to say. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not, and I guess I'm not surprised that Cosme's playing. I think he he kind of needs to. He hasn't really had any um, big injury woes to worry about or anything along those lines. He's been very consistent on the offensive line. So um, obviously it's a big piece for Sam Ellinger. Uh, they need each other is what I would kind of say. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing how high he could be drafted next year. Yeah, the other players mentioned, uh, we had Caden Stearns, and mm-hmm. then we had the new Jack, Joseph Asai. Those are the three listed. Obviously, Ellinger was not listed among them. One of the interesting parts of they had Caden Stearns of the Cowboys in one of them, mm-hmm. uh, which they need a safety. And there's a they need a safety now, right? And, and I was trying to think: is there a former Texas safety out there they could use? Um, Earl Thomas. Yeah, I know. I've been banging that up. I know. I'm like, it kind of uh, died off. The rumors were going uh, rampant for a little bit, and now they're kind of quiet. So I'm curious to see what's going on. They did sign a former Baltimore Raven, though. He also was a former Cowboy in Brandon Carr. Uh, But they just signed the wrong one, in my opinion. You got to go with Earl Thomas. But as far as the mock drafts are concerned, no Sam Ellinger this time around. Not a big surprise. Uh, But 
as you pointed out uh, in our pre-production meeting, nobody was talking about Joe Burrow this time last year either. Yeah, I think uh, his obviously Ellinger's senior year is going to be crucial in terms of his draft stock. But uh, I know when you talked to Dane Brugler a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago, uh, he was saying that uh, most uh, NFL executives kind of have Ellinger as a top five quarterback in this draft class. And so um, I think that's already a good sign heading into and and I know he even mentioned one team had a preseason second round grade on Ellinger. So um, I think his uh, potential is through the roof. I think he just needs to have as consistent of a year as last year, if not more. Yeah, and I think that with this new offensive coordinator, Mike Yursich, and what they got going on, I think that's going to help him a lot. Yeah, but that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. You know what? Make sure you're tuning in to the Locked On College Football podcast, different hosts every day, Monday through Friday. I will be on there on Friday with Ben Stevens from the Locked On Big Ten podcast, and we're going to get you ready, get your betting odds together. For this weekend's slate of games. Uh, but that's going to do it. For Cammie, I'm Patrick. And as always, keep it locked on. Hook them.